Hey guys, I'm Kerwin. And this is Jeffrey. We are the Donis Brothers, or Donis Twins, today. Uh, and today we're talking about the difference between active and passive investing. These are like key terms that people like to throw around, and we wanted to kind of demystify them, explain them, break them down, and just explain what the difference is, and maybe which one might be better for you, depending on where you are. Now, this is not financial advice, but these are things that we had to learn as we went, and so we think it'd be easier if, if we created a video for you guys, so you guys can kind of learn it, and if you have any questions about it, you can let us know down in the comment section below. Uh, so starting off, we're going to just dive into it, straight into it. Uh, what is active investing? Active investing is a, the hands-on approach to investing. Um, so some things that an active investor might do, and Jeff, feel free to add anything. Uh, active investors, they participate in essentially every phase of the deal, from obtaining the financing, finding the deal, uh, underwriting the deal, negotiating the deal with the broker or the seller, um, purchasing the mortgage and obtaining that, and then also managing the asset or overseeing the, the, the manager. Plan, yeah. Don't cut me off. <laughs> um, no, overseeing the manager throughout the whole period of the property, and like Jeffrey said, uh, making sure that they're executing the business plan and the, implementing any value-add strategy that they have. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? You just named them all. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, of course, you know, the active investor is the person that will sell the property but also buy the property, and they're the person that's kind of overseeing that, making sure the returns are being met and things like that. So the, it's a very active role. Of course, you, you have a lot of responsibility as an active investor, and it takes a lot of time uh, as an active investor. Due diligence, and we've talked about due diligence, due diligence in the past. Mm -hmm. If you want us to kind of dive into what due diligence is, we can do that in a whole separate video. Let us know, but what is it, Debbie? What is due diligence? It's uh, pretty much like the inspection period when, or on a single family house, mm -hmm. it's the inspection period, so similar to the multifamily space. Um, it's basically 30 to 45 days where you go out to the property, um, confirm yeah. the condition that the seller told you it was in, and for us, we walk it with a our, our construction company, um, that we partner with on the deal. Yeah, and they uh they go through each unit, they look at what the condition is like, how much we'll think we'll have to put in work, um, and you go back to the underwriting to make sure it actually makes sense. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You just get to walk around, tour some property, uh, look at the units, and. I don't know, my brother Kenneth, he's like the, the real estate guy on our yeah, team. Kenneth really, likes yeah. it, we don't. <laughs> no, we, we, I think it's pretty fun. We get some content and yeah. go around. We don't really typically always go, but Kenneth does love to go. Uh, also, raising capital to fund the equity investment that because you know the lender won't cover all of the, the, the money needed to buy the property. Yeah. So you have to also raise capital as an active investor. So whether somebody on your team does that or you do that, um, and Jeffrey, can you want, do you want to just like add anything to the investor relations side of things in terms of being the active investor and raising capital? Yeah, there's a lot of different things and aspects when it comes to the active investing for a, or active investing, I guess what that is mm -hmm. when it comes to a multifamily syndicator. Obviously you have to find a deal like Crone said and all those things, but once you do have the deal, the next step is to raise the money yep. for it. If you're going to syndicate it, that in itself is something that the active investor would do, putting together all of the PPM documents with your attorney. Um, all the investor docs, setting that all up if you're going to use a portal, a portal, creating the marketing deck that you're going to use as well as the executive summary um, to present to the investors. You're going to have to build the team as well, like find out who's yep. going to do the asset management, who will be the property management company that you're going to use. If you've never used one before, then you're going to have to go vet property management companies. And this obviously can take a lot of time. Yeah. Just, it can be its own, its own struggle. We um, do this full time, you know, yeah, yeah. and we're three people. So you can... Take as you could, it depends on the amount, of, the amount of deals you're doing as well. There's a lot of variables, but yeah, um, active investing. I would say you don't have to do it full time, but it can be a full time thing. And just to touch on the investor relations, uh, you can also raise capital and from private private lenders in the single family space. So if you're looking to fund uh, a single family rental that you're looking to buy, 
that's also something you might have to raise capital for that as well. So it yeah, doesn't and then just when apply it gets to, to the point of like after you raise the money uh, and you're now in the deal, the investors have already placed their capital in the deal with you. Now you have to keep them updated. You have to answer any questions when it comes to tax documents or tax season. You have to give them those documents um, when it comes time. So all that stuff will go under the umbrella of mm-hmm. investor relations as well as a lot of other things. And the active investor does that. The passive investor doesn't have to handle that. Yeah. They're the ones that are obviously are typically are doing it because they want to play a passive role. Absolutely. And if you guys would like to see a video on investor relations and what that looks like for us, let us know down in the comment section below. Um, but some of the pros of being an active investor, because of course, we, I don't think anyone would take on that much work and responsibility and risk if there wasn't something in it for them. Uh, so of course, you can earn a profit without spending your own personal money. You do have the option of investing alongside your investors, and a lot of investors actually do that to create an alignment of interest um, because they have their own capital in it as well. So it's kind of like recommend their own skin well. in the game. But it's not a requirement, and you can earn profits without spending your own money because you're putting your time and your energy and your resources and uh, just working to put the deal together it takes a lot of time, and you're taking risks. So that's why that's the that's a pro, and you also have control over the management and the operations of the deal. So a lot of investors, I, I actually interviewed some investors, and I don't know if you can uh, relate to knowing anyone that does this, Jeff, but uh, I've in- interviewed investors who say they only invest passively in deals they operate, and I only mention that because it kind of it it aligns with the point I'm trying to make that when you're in the, when you have a deal and you're the lead sponsor or you're on the general partnership team, you have control. And a lot of times, if you invest passively, you don't have control, which literally you don't actually have any control as a passive investor. You're just along for the ride. Um, and so I, I think an analogy that a previous podcast guest has used is active investing is like you're flying the plane and passive investing is, is when you're a passenger on the plane. So I can kind of give you a good a good idea or metaphor of what that what this actually is, is like. And there are, of course, do you have any other pros before I move on to the cons of active investing? Um, I would say like... In my opinion, I think you can make more money on the active side. Okay. So, like, overall. You get more equity, um, potentially, right? Yeah, you get more equity. I mean, it just depends, right? Because if you can put, like, a $2 million, or literally, if you can fund the whole thing by yourself just by being a passive investor, then obviously mm-hmm. that's going to make you more money than an active investor. But if you, oh, you mean. Yeah, a certain amount, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it just depends. But there's a, uh, typically, I personally like the active investing side more just because that's kind of what we focus on. That's mm-hmm. our passion. So that's the benefit to me, but you pretty much covered most of the things. Yep, 100%, 100%. And so what are, just off the top of your head, if you don't have any, I got some, but what are some cons of active investing? Yeah, I would say it takes, uh, obviously, like if you don't like it or um, it's something that you're going to have to, so for, for me personally, yeah, if you're raising money and you're dealing with investors, that comes with a certain expectation that you have to meet. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of obstacles you're going to face, whether you're working with investors or acquisitions. Yep. All that comes with its own fires that you're going to have to be putting out. Uh, the stress that comes with operating a deal that you know, the large deals like we do, there's a lot of different things that come with it, and it's yep. very stressful. Um, and at the end of the day, you're in control of how it goes, so that's kind of you know you have a weight on you. Um, now, yeah. obviously, if you have a team, then that's distributed between all of you, and that's why that's why we recommend working with an experienced team, so that way you can leverage their experience, their knowledge, and make sure it goes well. Um, as but as a passive investor, you don't have to deal with all that. You just give them, you know, you want to make sure you vet the deal. You make the right investment decision for yourself, but at the end of the day, you don't have any control, uh, which means that you're playing more of a passive role, and that obviously comes with um, a little bit more work, less work, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And so like Jeffrey said, I just want to emphasize there is more responsibility as an active investor, and um, you also have to put your time and your energy into the deal. And so I think, I don't know if you touched on this, but you also have more legal liability as an active investor. You're more liable, and you're actually accountable for if the deal doesn't go well, and you're Passive investors are not. 
And there's different kinds of uh, recourses and like penalties and uh, consequences if the deal doesn't go well and depending on what it is. And we won't get into that. If you want to hear more about that, let us know down below. But we're just going to keep it very high level for the sake of this, this video in this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of time and energy. And if you don't have it, if you have like a job or something else and you're just not really interested in, in doing that kind of real estate investing where you want to do it full time or you actually might have to drop everything and go to the property for some reason or something like that. That's happened. We've had a, we, we had a, a personal person, a person in our network who had to go and fly out and um, kind of just deal with things. And because there was an issue at the property, so it, it can happen. You have to, you have to do it unless you don't want to lose the property, which is the worst case scenario. You don't want to do that. So that's why it's so important to kind of just understand the, the full scope of what it takes to be an active investor. Yeah. Um, now that's active investing. And we talked about that active investing can be, Rentals, single-family houses, multifamily apartments, commercial, retail, shopping centers, self-storage. But the point is you're the one that's managing the the deal, making sure it's a success. Even if you're not the property manager, you're overseeing the property manager. You're the one talking to your investors, kind of talking to the team if you're the lead sponsor. If not, Mm -hmm. you you might have a role on the team, but... In general, you have a lot more control, but with, with what does Spider-Man say? Uh, with, with power comes responsibility. So if you have power in the deal, you have a lot more responsibility. Um, Spider-Man said that? Okay, well, somebody said that to Spider-Man. And yeah. I just saw the movie the other day. Um, so the pros of passive investing, Debbie, what is passive investing off the top of your head? Yeah, so when you're not playing an active role in the deal, which is kind of obvious, it sounds obvious, but you're pretty much just... In, in regards to the upfront work, I think that's the most work you're doing yep. where you're betting the sponsor, you're betting the deal, maybe looking into the market, um, right? Making sure that the investment makes sense. But then once you invest at that point, now you're not actually controlling what happens with the property. You're maybe obviously keeping up to date, reading the financial statements that the uh, sponsors are sending you, but you're not necessarily in control or actively doing anything on the day-to-day basis. You're really just there to uh, invest and get a return on that investment. Yep, absolutely. And you're like I said, you're the passenger on the plane, so you're not really in control. Um, like Jeffrey said, I, I've actually heard uh, on a podcast of previous, and I always talk about my podcast guests because I learn a lot from them. So I should start a podcast. But um, somebody on my podcast told me that active passive investing shouldn't actually be 100% passive if you want to do it right, because there's a lot of due diligence it takes to vet yep. the sponsorship team, the deal, the opportunity, the market. Even savvy investors make educated investment decisions, and the mm-hmm. only way to make an educated investment decision is to do your research and understand so, and understand, understand the investment. So you have to risk. do your homework. You have to learn about what kind of asset class this is. You have to learn about real estate. And that's why by listening to podcasts like this and watching shows like us, ours, that's how you're able to put that education in. And that's not a hundred percent passive because it requires some effort on your part. You could hypothetically go and throw, I mean, actually you're not allowed to, you have to be a sophisticated investor, which we'll talk about if you want us to down below, let us know. Uh, but you have to have some kind of knowledge on investing in order to invest in multifamily syndications like we do. Like like we like we the ones we do, but you could hypothetically go out and give your money to a real estate investor that maybe does rentals, and that would necessarily that would be very risky. The way to mitigate risk is to be educated. That's my point. So, education equals less risk. Uh, the pros of passive investing in general: you're not legally responsible. So if something bad happens at the property, I believe the worst thing that can happen to you is you lose your money, which would would suck. I mean, you don't want to lose your money, but that would be a pretty yeah, bad day. Yeah, yeah, that'd be bad. But you, you're not liable. So if something bad happens, they can't come after your assets or things like that. You're kind of hands off, and you don't have any, have any control. So no control means you're not responsible. There's also a lower barrier to entry, and this is I would I would I would wonder if Jeffrey would agree with me on this, but 
there's a lower barrier to entry to passive investing because really you just have to have like the minimum requirements for being a sophisticated or accredited investor. And we are not financial experts in terms of like, like accounting or anything like that. So this is not financial advice, but if you meet those requirements, then you're able to passively invest. Whereas as an active investor, you might have to have somebody on your team who can sign off on a million plus millions and millions of dollars worth of a loan. And you also have to have those relationships with the brokers and it can be kind of an exclusive club and it takes some time to break into the broker, uh, the broker world, if, if you will. You yeah. also have to have a really sophisticated knowledge in terms of understanding underwriting, knowing how to even underwrite deals, kind of analyze deals. So I think, and you also have to have the, the, the credibility and track record. And a lot of times brokers won't work with you if you don't. Yeah. So, and also you have to understand how to operate the deal once you do get it exactly. as well as you have to have like, you have to be able to have that track record, like Rowan said, so that people, if you're going to syndicate it, then you have you know, to raise money and use other people's money. Mm-hmm. That's a big responsibility. Um, you have to be able to one, like have those people in your network and then two, yep. have them be able to trust you and understand that it's going to go hopefully well, like they have to, you have to earn that. So that's something that obviously is an obstacle for new, yeah. newer investors. But, but for passive investing, they're, typically is in a limited number of seats in an investment. So yeah. it's not like free for all or anyone can invest. You know, um, there are some barriers to entry for sure. And we're not saying it's, it's, it's accessible for everyone, which is an issue that we could potentially, you know, I think in the future it will be solved and more people will be able to invest in larger commercial properties. But for now it is, I would say relatively challenging. Yeah, that's you know, why most, most people that start in a multifamily start as an LP yep. or a limited partner yep, 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 slash yep. passive investor. To learn the ropes, um, yeah. because would you rather be a passenger on the plane or flying it your first time? Right. I would hope you wouldn't want to fly it the first time. Um, so another 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 pro of being an, a passive investor is you have access to better properties. And like kind of like touching on um, the broker's relationship thing. We always talk about this, but it's so important. Multifamily. Something that is really fascinating that I've noticed is multifamily is more of a relationship business than single family investing. So you really have to leverage your your network and the people you know, like and trust. So as a passive investor, you have access to better investment opportunities and better markets because brokers are going to send the best deals to the people that they know they can close, that they've closed with before, and that they have really good relationships with. Do you agree? Yeah. And that'll be typically people that are already in the active yep. investing side and have that track record. Yep. And so also as a passive investor, you get passive income. And yeah, passive income is another benefit of investing as a passive investor is you get passive income, whereas the active income you get from like a job. So it's kind of different. And if you guys want us to talk about the difference between active income and passive income, we can make a whole video about that. Let us know down below. Um, also tax benefits. You get tax benefits. I, I believe there's tax benefits as an active investor and a passive investor, but it's worth noting that as a passive investor, you get lots of tax benefits. We are not CPAs or tax professionals, but uh, you get depreciation benefits depending on the deal. You get uh, multiple different benefits when it comes to real estate investing in general, but specifically multifamily has some, some pretty exciting benefits when it comes to taxes. So if you want to learn about that, consult with your tax account or honestly just reach out to us and we can maybe let you know some resources you can you can use to, to learn more about that. Now, there are some cons to passive investing as we've kind of alluded to, but Jeffrey, what would you say are some downsides? Yeah, I'd say like like we already touched on, um, the having having no control over a deal could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. It just mm-hmm. depends. I mean, um, not having control means that you're putting it in someone else's hands yep. and deter- they are the ones that will determine whether or not the deal goes well and yep. you make a lot of money or possibly the other way around and it kind of goes bad and maybe you lose some money or mm-hmm. the entire thing. It just depends on how it goes with that operator, which is why it's so important to vet them. Yeah. Um, also, I would say it, 
you still need to understand the investment. So that's like something if you're new, then passive investing might be the option that might make more sense, but you still have to learn. So, I mean, you're still gonna have to take the time out of your day to put that edu- time to, for education, yep. as well as to learn how to fully vet uh, a deal in an operator. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there, you don't have any control, but you don't also have any responsibility for the most part. So that way, you, some people will passively invest because they don't want control. They don't want to have to worry about that. But whereas other people might want more control, they want to kind of micromanage the deal, which is okay. If that's your personality, you should consider being on the active side if you like real estate that much, honestly. Um, now, we've been talking a lot about I mean, kind of an active versus passive investing in the multifamily space, but there are some distinctions. I, I mean, if, if any of you want to learn about passive or sorry, active or passive investing, specifically active investing in the single family space, that is something that's an option. That's actually what you probably are more familiar with, you know, rentals, mm-hmm. flips, mainly rentals, that would be more active investing because flipping and wholesaling maybe it arguably isn't investing if you're not holding the property long term, but it could be since you're making money. That's a topic. Let us know down below. What do you think? Um, but yeah, typically investors will purchase a property directly and oversee it themselves in the single family space. So there is a you know, you're actively managing the property. You are the one kind of essentially ensuring it's a success if it's a project, things like that. Um, and then kind of comparing it to multifamily, you have a team of property managers who manage the property for you. So it's active investing looks different depending on the unit size. And Jeffrey, can you briefly explain why there is a difference in that property management when it comes from single family where people typically will manage it themselves uh, unless they have multiple properties or the cash flow justifies it? Yeah, well, on our larger apartments, uh, we always have a property management company, third-party company that will mm-hmm. uh, manage it for us on a day-to-day basis, and we do the asset management by just managing that property management company. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we do it is in the, the, we're able to do it because the property has enough income coming in and cash flow where it justifies us hiring a third-party company to to do that for us um, versus on a single-family house. Typically, I mean, you you are able to hire a property management company for anything, but it's just not, you're not going to make as much money and income and uh, that the amount of money that a single family property produces is a lot less than a larger apartment, right? So it is less justified when considering whether or not you want to hire a property management company since it will eat into your cash flow a lot yep. more than uh, in a larger apartment complex. I mean, at the end of the day, the large apartment complex produces a lot more income and it's more justified to hire a property management company. hundred percent. And so, you might be asking yourself, who should be an active investor or a passive investor? And the answer is there's no right answer. And I know that sounds very basic, but honestly, it's kind of up to you what what you want to do with your time, how demanding is your job. I will say passive investors tend to be people with full-time jobs or just other priorities, or maybe they don't, they're not really interested in real estate. They don't want that to be their main thing. And they just want the benefits, whether it's tax benefits, passive income, building wealth. There's many benefits to it, but uh, hedge against inflation, things like that. There are multiple reasons why they might want to be a passive investor, but I think, would you agree that the main reason that they may may not choose to be active over passive might be just because they have a full-time job and they don't really have the time? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that that's that's one of like the main reasons why mm-hmm. people are passive, but also they just may not be that interested in real estate. Yep, you know, like, I mean, Not everyone likes it or wants to have to learn all about it, and it takes time to find a good deal. It takes time to learn how to operate a deal. It yep. takes time to build those relationships where you can get competitive financing, especially in this market. So um, having all that said, it's, a lot of people just want to put their investment in, or put their money in an investment that's a hard asset that's going to hedge against inflation, like you said, that will produce passive income. 
um, without having to like deal with the property and have to know all about it. All they really want to do is be able to understand why it's a good investment and then yep. vet the sponsorship team, which will obviously take a lot less work than actually having to learn uh, all about how to operate the deal and all the other things that we already mentioned. Yeah, 100%. And uh, passive investors, I just wanted to kind of clarify the way that they find deals because they're still technically finding deals, you know? Yeah. Um, so active investors go to brokers and they underwrite deals and they look at deals. Sometimes they go direct to seller if you're in the single family space or if you're really great at marketing in the multifamily space. Yeah. But passive investors, they'll typically find deals through active investors, which seems like common sense, but maybe you're, you you did not know that. Uh, they go probably build a relationship with a sponsor, which is the way it should be. You should build a relationship with your sponsor. If you're doing five, what's a sponsor just to like, oh, a sponsor is kind of a synonym for like the lead, uh, general partner or um, it's the person that's the, running the yeah, show the, like the, the sponsorship team are the people the group of people that are leading the show yeah when it comes to executing the business plan and when we were for yeah. the sponsor we're talking about a multifamily property yep. there's a sponsorship team that is in charge of making sure that the execution of the business plan goes well it doesn't even have to be with the lead sponsor sorry it's just the person on the general partnership team it's the team in charge of the deal and ensuring it is a success um, so that's typically the, the way that they find deals they just build relationships with active investors and as a really important thing I wanted to to explain the difference of real quick, uh, diversification. So as a passive investor, it is a little easier to diversify your portfolio because if you have, let's say you make enough money from your job, you're able to invest in multiple deals in multiple different markets. Whereas as an active investor, it can take a little longer because you have to oversee the success of a property. So you might not be willing, you're able to kind of scale your, your portfolio as quickly. You also have to build relationships in different markets. Uh, you have to source those deals and it takes more time to even find a good deal that might pencil out. So that just takes more time. It is not saying it's necessarily that much more difficult, but it just takes more time and you might not be able to do it as efficiently as a passive investor could with their capital. Do you agree? Yep. Awesome. And so there is, like we already mentioned, there's more risk as an active investor and um, you know, you, you, one of the major risks of active investing is someone on the general partnership team has to guarantee the loan. And that is a risk, of course, because the lender is your biggest investor and they are going to want their money back if for some reason the property isn't performing. And, mm. you know, what do you think? Yeah, it just depends on like whether or not the, the loan is non-recourse, meaning yep. that uh, whoever signs on it is liable for it if it if it for some reason goes wrong. Um, but also the, the debt could be recourse. That's true. Meaning and we'll talk yeah. that um, if it's recourse, then they can come after you. But if it's non-recourse, then you're not liable. So but they come after the property. You know, they come after the property, yes. but not the. So yeah. the point is, as a guarantor, you are responsible for the debt, um, and and there's a risk. Yeah, it's sure. a risk, and that's just something to be aware of. Whereas the passive investors don't have to guarantee a loan, and they just have to invest. So there is less risk as an as a passive investor, and you can leverage the credibility and track record record of the lead sponsorship team to mitigate risk. Uh, if you guys have any questions or want any clarity, or if you just want to talk about it, let us know down below. Uh, yeah. Active investing or questions about active investing, passive investing. If you prefer one over the other, let us know. We'd love to know what you guys want to, to learn more about too as well. If you want us to make any more episodes on any topics that we discussed today, just drop them down in the comment section below or DM us. Jeffrey, where can they DM us? Yeah, you can find us on all platforms at Donna's Brothers. Uh, you can check out uh, our website www.donisinvestmentgroup.com and then you can find me on social media platforms at Jeffrey Donis and you can find me at, at uh, Donis Kerwin on Instagram and if you want to check out our five common mistakes investors make playbook 
that is at Donis, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com backslash playbook. And if you're interested in learning more about multifamily, check out our podcast, or The Real, Real Estate, Estate Monopoly Podcast, on all podcast aggregators or platforms. Yeah, we discuss multifamily and other real estate topics on that show. So yep. The Real Estate Monopoly Podcast. Thanks so much for your time, guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Let's take action. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one.